This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad. When we last left the Giants, they were one and two. We were a little sad after that game three there. Opening series with the uh, Mariners. But then last week happened. We went to play the big bad Padres, took two out of three from the Padres, came home, fans sweep the Rockies. Nice little, uh, what did they go, five and one over that, over the week while we were away. Pretty, pretty impressive week of baseball for the Giants. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what to expect going into San Diego. San Diego's riding that high, that off-season, we are the champions on paper high. And so, you know, everybody kind of went into that thinking, well, you know, they're, they're allowing fans back in. And true to form, Giants fans once again invaded San Diego, which was <laughs> awesome. You know, it was like a max of 8,000, 9,000 people. But, you know, the Giants fans, we had a, a pretty good showing down there. So that that was awesome. Um, I don't know if they're allowing, uh, you know, people from like up north to get tickets and go down there. Uh, if they're allowing, you know, like in San Francisco, is it is it going to be or is it as, since it's already started? Is it just San Francisco Bay Area residents? Or I think you just have to be a California resident. How do you even... How do you even check that? The driver's license. <laughs> Just like getting into a bar, right? Hey, this yeah. looks like you. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let, let's quickly recap the week because I think it's worth pointing out, uh, you know, they, they had some really good games. Now, you know, what, what, what was the most that they scored? Like four runs? Was it the most? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, as I was writing down the scores today, and I'm looking at the uh, on fan graphs, the team, uh, you know, the, the batting leaders as a team. Yeah, it's not impressive. No, right? the Giants no. were a top 10 offense last year. Top seven. I think they finished seventh in offense last year. Um, it's not starting out that way. Let me see where they're at right now. I believe they are 26th in the league out of 30 uh, right now in hitting. Yeah, so they scored, you know, against the Padres, three runs, one run, three runs. Then they come home against the Rockies, three runs, four runs, three runs. We're watching, you know, this is like 1962 baseball, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, you know, scraping out runs. Wait, and, wait, I think the 62 Yankees hit a lot of home runs. That, so. That's true. Maybe, what, watching, what was this? Bob Gibson, whatever the year that Bob Gibson had like a 1.12 year. Oh God. Uh, you're testing me now. <laughs> that, yeah, it was mid to later sixties, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just we're watching small ball. We're watching the Giants scrape out runs. Very pitching heavy. You know, the Giants are very pitching heavy right now. Very, I mean, we're talking like 90-10 
if you're looking at percentage splits leaning towards pitching you you want that to even out a little bit if you want to maintain winning ball games because uh, you know they got a, they got a tough couple of series coming up here um you know they got Cincinnati, which we'll talk about. They got Miami. Uh, they but Miami's not a tough series, but at least you know, not yet. Not yet, and you know how it is. Anytime we go to the East Coast, it doesn't matter who we're playing. We could be playing the um, you know Williamsport All Stars <laughs> Little League twelve year old team, and we're gonna stumble in a couple of those games. But so yeah, I mean, obviously we'd love to see that even out a little bit more. 60-40 would be nice. Uh, 70-30 is even better than what we're seeing right now. Well, well, the one thing that they're actually doing is hitting home runs. Like they're in the, in the National League, I think they're in like the top three or four in home runs, but they're all solo home runs. Like they're not hit, they're not getting on base in front of these guys. So, okay, so let's just go quickly. We'll recap the whole week. So they go to San Diego. They win game one. On three solo home runs. <laughs> Dace Clefani, I think he gave up two runs. Jake McGee closes it down. Uh, they they also, uh, in game two, they got uh, you so crazy Darvished. <laughs> Darvish is, he's, he's going to be a tough one for us. He's so, I mean, all the pitches that that guy throws, and then, like they say, he's like making up pitches in the middle of the game. He can throw... If if you're if you're up to the plate and you're Brandon Belt and you have one of your patented seven or eight pitch at bats, you could see seven or eight totally different pitches. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see the same thing twice sometimes, and that's that's hard to hit against. And then Melanson, our good friend, or maybe maybe not so good friend, not Mark Melanson, anymore. closed uh, that game. So they lost game two. Which was the game that uh, Tatis went down? Was it game two or game three? That was in, uh, you know what? That was actually game one. Oh, that was game one. Game one of the series. Um, we almost had a baseball tragedy, and we'll see. Yeah. It could still be a baseball tragedy, but, you know, that guy on a swing, you know, sublimation or sub, sub, subluxation or whatever they call it of uh, of the shoulder. Yes. Yeah, and it was really sad. Yeah. It was really sad to see him. I'm like, whoa, like he's not even like on my team. But that really I was like, oh, no, this is not great for baseball. You never want. I mean, you don't see anybody get injured, but not that guy. No, definitely not. I mean, he is, you know, he's the youth of the game. He's beginning to be the face of the game. He's on he's on the cover of MLB The Show. Uh, what is it? Twenty two now. MLB The Show. Twenty two coming up in a month. Counting down eight days. Oh, eight, eight days. Oh, God. Is it the 20th? Is it April 20th? I think so. Day? I got a pre-order. I yep. got I got to get on this. Um, but yeah, he's the face of that game. He's, he's starting to become, you know, like the face of baseball. Uh, a lot of these young guys are. Why isn't Trout? I don't know. I mean, the guy's, the guy's so ridiculously consistent, mm-hmm. but he's an old guy now. The, the young yeah. guys with the passion and the flavor. And uh, I mean, you saw him a couple, I think it was a day or two before that, diving in back into first base on a pickoff throw. Um you know, used every move in the book to get away from it and uh, kind of work his way around getting tagged. I mean, it's just fun. He's a fun guy to watch. And so when that happened, I go, oh, man, you know, I was bummed because I thought I think I thought he like broke his handmate bone. And a lot of people thought that, too. Um, so hopefully he gets back out there soon. I'd like to see him get rehabbed quickly and get back out there. Does it make him cooler or not? That we saw when his dad was a prospect. <laughs> not cool. No, because no, not cool. When we yeah, didn't he uh, didn't didn't Pops hit four home runs on opening day once for the 
it was either the Cardinals or the Expos, but he hit four home runs on opening day. He was supposed 94. to be a really good player, too. Yeah, and that or was whatever. 94. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he still had you know a halfway decent career, but he wasn't. He didn't quite reach the prospect level status that uh, his son has reached. Yet. No, no, and he played. Yeah, he played like Cardinals, Rangers. And I want to say Expos. So he kind of bounced around a little bit, but man, he was he was a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not fantastic, yeah. Like you said, not the level of Tatis Junior. Um, but man, yeah, I just yeah, we're old. <laughs> and it just, it's not cool. <laughs> so game three, Darren Ruff hits a two run jack. Uh, then Tyler Rogers gives up a jack to Will Myers, and we were we we sat at that point where it's like, oh no, like I know collectively it's still early in the season so giants fans were like look it's only two to two we're fine but extra innings has not been our best friend and yet the giants win in extra innings so they they go away from san diego feeling good about themselves and then they come in uh they come back home you know the the nine thousand fans or or whatever they had in the ballpark it was so I ended up listening to the 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 time that I spent with the game. It was mostly on radio. Um, so I didn't really get to see a lot of the game on TV, except I did see the end of uh, Sunday's game. But a lot of it was just on radio for me because I was out putting a grill together and then I was out doing other stuff. And I don't know if our friend Darren Chan, who we had on this show uh, about a month ago, is just really excellent at his job and the crowd is, is mic'd so well, or that 9,000 or 8,000 was super loud. I, it came through on the broadcast very well. Well, I, I think he even tweeted out once and he said, folks, I did not pipe in any extra crowd noise there. That was all authentic. And uh, yeah, it was cool. Fans have been away from the game that they love for so long. Now they're back. They're going to be vocal. I mean, the first Reno Aces game that I can get to, I'm going to be yelling my head off and having a great time, man. It's yeah. going to be. I, I I can't wait because yeah, I can't go to I can't go to a Giants game because I'm I don't live in California. I know. So, I know. Yeah. We'll get you here soon, though. You and Ash. Yeah. Um, all right. So, <laughs> so then, um, so so they win. Game three, or uh, they they win all three games, three to one, four to three, and I think four to zero is the last game. Johnny Cueto is the hero of game one. He pitches all the way. He pitched into the ninth inning, right? He did. Yeah, he pitched into the ninth and almost got the last out, and uh, then they had to swap him. I think he was up to about 107 or 108 pitches. And I know Kapler went out there once, Yeah, and the fan base basically told him, you better leave this dude in the game. And he's like, okay, I'm leaving him in. I wanted to ask you as a wrestling fan, was that a... Was that like a wrestling manager move? Was that like uh, Paul Bearer going out and doing a little something? I mean, is that is that what that was about, there, Bobby DeBrain Heenan? There might have been some psychology there, right? Because Kapler, you know, he wants to he he wants Cueto to and look. Cueto has been very uh, demonstrative in how he wants to be treated as a starting pitcher to say the least. Like he's, he's not holding back his thoughts when it comes to this stuff. So, but I do wonder, I mean, you know, I think this is what you're saying, which is Kapler almost used his visit 
as a way to inspire Johnny Cueto, you know, to kind of hang in there a little bit. It was kind of interesting. But, that, you know, the other thing immediately what I thought when I saw him go out there and, and all of a sudden the crowd started going and he turned around and walked away and the crowd fired up again. I was like, that was some showmanship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it totally could have been. And, you know, this is the one thing with Kapler that he's always going to be questioned about because he wasn't good at it during his first run as major league manager, right? Like he, when he was in Philadelphia, he literally struggled at bullpen at when, when to, when to make the moves and when to not make the moves and it backfired on him. So I'm sure he's got some P, uh, uh, PTSD about it. Like you can't yeah. not, right? No. And so, you know, he's, he's got a guy, he's got a vet, you know, Bumgarner would have been the same if, if he was able to, to manage Bumgarner where you kind of more so listen to the guy then listen to your own instincts or or even, you know, whatever the analytics, whatever the iPad says. Uh, but I thought it was a really I thought it was a really cool thing for that to have happened during that game because they come out of it with a win. Cueto now can look at Kapler and go, OK, he trusted me in this situation. And Kapler can go, oh, I managed this situation perfectly because we won the game. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, that's kind of a twofold thing. Now, if it would have backfired and he left him in, and 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 really, it wasn't going to backfire because he did get a runner on base, and at that point, it was uh, let me let me go back here and look. It was three one. So at that point, you got a runner on base, and now you go okay. Now we just need to get one out. So not a big deal. And I believe, I believe he brought in Jake McGee at that point, which was great because I have him in fantasies and, and so does Ash. So we were like, free save, one out, <laughs> one out safe. We'll take it. I don't care. Um, so, so it was good. You know, he didn't let it get to the point where, okay, Cueto, let this guy on base. Let's hang him out there just a little bit more and let him finish this game. Now, in Out of the Park Baseball, and MLB the show. Yes. We're going to go for that. Yes. We're, we're, we're going to go for that complete game because those are fun. Uh, when I, you're will going tell, I will tell you, I have the new out of the park baseball. Oh, yeah. 22. Um, I am using the 2009 San Francisco Giants because I wanted prime Timmy. Nice. And even though the avatars of these players have no feelings. <laughs> I trusted Lincecum to throw that complete game <laughs> against the, the Diamondbacks, even though it would have probably been smarter to bring in Brian Wilson. I just trusted him because I knew that if I let him in, I, I left him in, he would, he, would, uh, he would really take that to heart and, and, and throw that final, that final inning. 2009, though, was not prime B Weezy yet. Well, he had a good he had a good year. I, yeah. I want to from a saves perspective. Now, it's just a counting number, right? He had a lot of saves, but he also, uh, you know, raised uh, our our heart rate level a lot that year in getting all of those saves. That was uh, that was the year. No beard. Uh, first outing was in Colorado, right? From what I remember. I, you got me. I, that was many years ago. Yeah, I think the, the first time we ever saw him was in Colorado. And we're like, ooh, this guy's throwing gas. Yes. Um, but but and then we knew we had something. And I thought he got hurt that year and then came back in 2010. And that's when he just kind of blew up. But Then he, oh, then he became... <laughs> 
he, he, he what, talk about, you know, I mean, we, we, we like to talk about history on this show, so yes. we will often veer and, and go off tangents, but <laughs> talk about somebody who just explodes onto the scene, right? Like he really maximized his, uh, his years or his minutes on the, on the television. He makes the all-star team and, you know, he's got that 2010. I mean, we remember him closing out not only the world series, but he closes out Ryan Howard. Um, but like literally the next year he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, the, the, and then, and then when you look at it, cause you got this closer and, and you say, well, I think, you know, Papelbon might've gotten a couple of world series rings as the closer for the Red Sox giants win three world series with three different closers. And one of them was your starting pitcher, <laughs> Madison Bumgarner in 2014. So you had three different closers closing out the world series in, in a span of five years. So yeah, it was just like, boom, 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 lights out. Uh, you know, he was B. Weezy was a little bit of a head case. He for sure, he, he he was in his own head. He was a little goofy, uh, but we loved him in that short period of time. But yeah, that was your if you're right. That's that's the definition of writing the hot hand. Oh yeah, and Bochi did for an entire season to get a World Series trophy out of it. Has anyone ever unbuttoned their shirt to their mm. belly button? Like he did before. I feel like Kevin he's the only Mitchell? one. <laughs> Kevin Mitchell? Well, didn't, Kevin? he had an undershirt, yeah. though, didn't he? He, he? Yeah, he did. And, and Mitch would wear that black uh, T-shirt underneath mm-hmm. it. Uh, but, but Brian Wilson would cut his T-shirt to show his chest tattoo. Yeah. Oh, there you Remember go. Remember that? There you go. Yeah. you got. I mean, you got a chest tattoo. You're not going to cover it up. Nobody's going to see it. And well, so we're already so far off of, of what we've been doing. So I, I want to keep going there. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. when they did that Showtime series in 2011? Uh, yeah. I I called DirecTV because I didn't have Showtime. And I and I said, hey, do you guys have any, like, like right before it started, like a week before it started, do you guys have any, uh, like, free previews of Showtime for, like, two months or three months? They're like, oh, yeah, sure. We can throw that at you. You've been a customer for a while. And, and so I did watch it. And it was so out there at Andres Torres and his pants and all the other crazy stuff going on. Bochi telling Belt he made the team and having him yes. crack a brew with him. Yeah. That was crazy. Man. What it, like that was fun. I think you can get that on DVD or Blu-ray still. Yeah. I think you can get I would love I would I really would love to watch it again. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll grab it. You grab it. We'll watch it and we'll talk about it in the off season. No, that, you know, that'd be awesome. Off season's a little slow. Well, we always like fun stuff. Well, this year would be 10 years since Ooh. the show. There you go. Crazy. I like that. Craziness. All right. Back back to this Rockies okay. series. Right. Uh, so back on. Brandon Crawford, big hits in games, two and three in the clutch. Desclafani throws a great game three. Logan Webb, uh, you know, we're still kind of wondering yeah. about Logan Webb. He, you know, two game, two two starts in a row where he's kind of been uh, average at best. But control control issues a little bit still. But they they come out of that series three like like we said, you know, winning these these close games. But at least uh, they throw the shutout in in game three and they clean it up and and so they sweep the series. Now before we get to what we are what we are imbibing here, I mentioned the Logan Webb thing because they have Alex Wood 
who is kind of on his way back, right? We, we've mentioned this yeah. before. They don't have a lefty right. in the starting rotation. He would be the, the one lefty in the starting rotation. The way that things are going, you would think Logan Webb, you still want him on the team, but maybe he would move into like a relief role because he's, he's probably, you know, a, l- a little bit more adaptable than say Sanchez would be to, to throw relief. So, I don't know if that would be a hit to his confidence because because I, I really do want to see him throw. Like we talked about his spring training, but what do you think when when Wood comes back? Is it does Webb go to the bullpen? That's a tough one, man. Because you're dealing with a a young guy's ego. Um, you're, you're not not so much ego. Sorry, I said the Warner. His confidence. confidence, yeah, like you said. And and last year was a you rough know what though? you're not wrong, right? Right. Ego is part of it. Like to be a big leaguer and to get up there yeah. and you want to get these best players out, you got to have ego. You got to have like this chip on your shoulder. So I don't, I actually don't think you're wrong with what you said. And we don't mean ego to be a bad thing either. No, ego is no. actually a good thing to have when you are a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. Well, and when you come out of camp with as many pitchers as the Giants had and everybody's saying, well, Webb, you know, had a rough 2020 and he's coming into 2021. Maybe he starts at the alternative side or in the minors, pitches a little bit in AAA and then comes back. He came out of spring dominating hitters and earned the number three spot. He didn't sneak into that five spot. He got that number three spot. So to take him now and put him in the bullpen, that that's really a tough one. I think the Giants are going to find excuses to give guys a start off. And it might just be Logan Webb to say, hey, man, we're giving you one start off. We're going to throw in wood. We're going to work a little bit on your control on your turn in the rotation. Um, You know, maybe we'll throw you on the side. We'll we'll kind of work on that control a little bit and give wood a start. See what you got. Because again, we talk about this all the time. The Giants have so many pitchers, starting pitchers on, on one year deals right now that when the trade deadline comes around, if you've got a starting pitcher who is only a reliever and you're trying to move that guy, it's not going to work. You know, the Giants have to showcase some of these guys, too. So I think they might find a creative way to give somebody a day off. They're not going to go to a six man rotation. That's going to throw everybody off. You've got you've got Gossman. You've got Cueto. um, You've got DiSclefani and you've got Wood. These guys are all used to going every fifth day. They're not every sixth day guy unless you get a day off in there um, to travel. That's and and the Giants are using that right now. They're not um, they're not skipping people in the rotation uh, when whenever there's an off day. They're sticking to that five man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think they're just going to have to really get creative to say we got to give Wood a start, or maybe Aaron Sanchez hasn't worked his way completely up. He has a rough three innings, and then here comes Wood to maybe pitch three or four innings. So you're going to have like a dual starter at some point too. Not, not an opener. That's a little bit different, but like kind of like a dual starter where you go three and three. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, look, Sanchez, as, as we are speaking, we are about uh, a little bit over an hour before the uh, first game of the series with the Reds begins. And, you know, the Reds are banging the baseball around. So Sanchez <laughs> has got his work cut out for him tonight. So we'll see what happens. Uh, okay. So, 
Uh, why don't we get to the the drinking, the imbibing, the Ooh. alcoholic beverage that we are yes. partaking in as we do this podcast? What are you drinking? Well, over the weekend, <clears throat> we did a lot of traveling. So I was listening to a lot of Giants games uh, on the radio as well. And I want to go back to this. You're not going to get away from I'm a barbecue guy. I, I love my grills. We're going to go back and talk about your grill, okay. too. I just want to I want to see what you got. I want to hear about it. Um but we went over and, and we haven't we haven't bought a new car in twenty something years. So so and we're a Subaru family. So we got one of the new Outbacks and we and we love it. Um, got it down in Sacramento, brought it back, and uh, so so and then yesterday, uh, it's a bigger car than I thought. Mm-hmm. So I had to make room in the garage. We have tiny garages here in Reno, so I was cleaning the garage. So I got a nice big healthy dose of John Miller over the oh, weekend. Yeah. Oh my God. I just, you, you always forget. I mean, I love Kruko and Kuiper, um, you know, and John Miller will hop over when Fleming's, uh, on assignment. And so Kuiper can get the, um, what is it? The fourth, fifth and sixth mm-hmm. uh, on radio, but, but a healthy dose of John Miller in your life, you just need it every now and then. So if, if you haven't done it in a while, turn off the TV Put in the earbuds mm-hmm. and put on John Miller and whatever app you got. But but so tonight, uh, you know, I had a couple beers over the weekend. So tonight I'm doing a little celebrating uh, for the new car. And, and uh, we got it all registered today and it's ready to roll. And uh, so I went with one of my old favorites and I bought a gigantic bottle, Wild Turkey 101. Nice. A while back, so I'm still working on it, and everybody laughs. I mean, not everybody, but people. When you tell them, and they go, "Oh, you like bourbon? You know, what's your favorite?" I go, "You know, really, Wild Turkey 101 is is hard to beat. It's a really good bourbon for the price, absolutely for the price. Oh yeah, so this gigantic bottle was like 18 bucks, and if you go look up blind taste test Wild Turkey. 101, you're going to see it destroy a bunch of other really like 50 and $60 bottles of bourbon. So if you haven't had it, give it a shot. The regular, um, 750 milliliter bottle is right around 11 or 12 bucks mm-hmm. and, and you can't go wrong. It's, it's really good. Yeah, no, I, uh, I took that advice and, uh, and I have, uh, I think I still have a bottle of rye that's kind of sitting in, in, in the, uh, liquor cabinet over there. Okay. But so you bought a new car, which yep. I love it. I love it. I, I'm, I'm, we're close. Like I, I'm not there yet. Cause I didn't drive for the last year, yeah. but we're close. I think I'm going to, you know, I've, I've been telling crystal that I want, so you know, a bigger car. Um, well, we'll see. I, I've I've always had sort of the commuter car because I always have to go to San Francisco for work. But now that I'm getting a little older, I kind of want to. I kind of want to, you know, buy something really fun. So so we'll see. So I'm kind of yeah. excited about that. But okay, you have. Well, if you want to, if you want a Subaru, go see Harveen Castillo. In uh, Sacramento, it made a Subaru. But I, I joke, though, because Harveen and I go way back. Oh, yeah. Uh, high school, we met when we were 14. So, he, you know, I, he just happened to work at a Subaru dealership, and we were looking for a new Subaru. He called me up. He goes, hey, guess what? Got a job at Subaru. Come see me. And I said, okay. And uh, you and I have been playing fantasy baseball and football with Harveen going back to, like, the early 2000s. How many times has he won? 
not many, and if he's listening, <laughs> he's going to be listening to this because he listens to us, not many times, and I'm going to count him up, and next time we, come, we, we do a show, I'll tell you how many times he's won baseball. It's no more than one, probably. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So, And he's not doing it. He's in last place right now. But I'm, but I'm bagging on him. He gave me a great deal on the cars, and I'm, I'm sitting here bagging on him. But, you know. Okay, so my, my question is, is that you have two daughters mm-hmm. who are – you know, they're, they're, they're not, um, you, you know, they're not as old as my kids. Obviously I'm going to have a kid graduating from college in, in about a month. Jeez. Uh, but what happens with the oldest when she is coming into her license driver's license era of her life? Like, is there a car for her? Is, is this purchase that you made? Is it because, you know, you want to have more than one car for when she's ready to drive? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so we used to be a two Subaru family back in the day. We had a Forester and a Legacy 35th anniversary wagon, and that was uh, 2004, and the Forester was 2001. So then we had this other car, and it it was also 20 years old. Let's get rid of this thing because it's starting to have some problems. So we went back to being a two Subaru family. So this is the brand new car. This is a 2021 Outback. So we said, okay, we're going to get this thing. Um and then the oldest is going to be driving, God, in like a year. She's <laughs> going to be, she's going to have her permit. She's going to be driving in a year. So a year from now, I already told my wife, I want to start looking in a year at a used because we can't get another new. You just can't fit that into payments and all that. So it just doesn't work. So I want to get a used Subaru Crosstrek. So we're going to be a three Subaru family. Then the oldest is going to get the legacy wagon. My, what it used to be my old car, mm-hmm. but I put a kick-ass stereo in it. It's got Apple CarPlay. It's got all the cool stuff in it, even though it's an older car, but I keep it in really good shape. It's got like 160,000 miles on it, but it's a, it's still a pretty cool ride. Lots of room. Very, very cool car. I think she doesn't think so. As well. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> but but look, like part of the whole process when you have a child who starts to drive is they have to, you know, they have to drive something that maybe they don't want to be driving because how else are they going to be inspired to make a little money to, you know, to get something that they actually want? And she's not driving the new one because it's a turbo. Oh. And I'm, I should, I'm definitely not driving that one. And it's like a spaceship. I mean, it's got like this 11.6-inch touchscreen, bigger than my iPad. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. I can't wait to yeah. get a new car. Oh, so fun. Um, all right. So I'm drinking. I've actually, again, you know, you gave me the advice on the wild turkey. This is another one of... Evans, uh, the Evans family advice, which is yeah. the Trader Joe's Highland Scotch, wi- Scotch whiskey, which is not expensive in any way. I think it was like seventeen bucks. But I always remember when we were talking. This is even back in the days before we even started this podcast. You were giving me your little tricks of the trade, and you're like, "Oh yeah, you know, go to Trader Joe's. They have like their Trader Joe's brand. It's discounted, but it's still really good." And so every time I'm at Trader Joe's, like no fail, uh, I always grab a bottle of the whiskey and it's almost entirely because of your advice. It's like I see it and I go, oh, yeah, I remember Brad told me to get it. So I got to get it like every time I go, (laughs) I can just get it. (laughs) That's one of those ones. Yeah, you just keep that one on hand. 
And what I really like about that one is I like to put on a Sinatra record. There we go. And we'll talk more about Sinatra because Disco, Di Sclafani is a big Sinatra guy. I uh, found that out yesterday. I was super excited. But I like to put on a Sinatra record, hit the uh, crushed ice cube setting on the refrigerator, uh, put that into a nice whiskey glass and pour a big glass of that, sip that while I'm listening to Frank, when I'm walking around the house, just, you know, strutting, doing whatever. And uh, that stuff goes down smooth, man. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I'm, I'm using it uh, in the highball cocktail aspect. So I've got the whiskey, I've got the sparkling water, got the big rock of ice and rolling. It's very refreshing. Nice. Okay, so last week we mentioned that we were going to do what we are calling the uh, podcast's MVP of the week. And uh, last week it was Buster. You know, Buster's back. Uh, he hits. He hit a couple jacks. But it's really because Buster is back. And as a uh, – Buster, Buster may not do the things today that he did in – you know, 2012 when he was the MVP that just jumped off the page. He's not hitting, he's not hitting 330 anymore. He's not going to hit 26 jacks anymore. He's not going to no. drive in close to 100 runs. What he's going to do though is he's going to help the pitching staff. He's going to get get a good knock when you need it in the clutch. He's going to throw runners out at second base. And so Buster wins week one MVP. Now we had week two. We, th- we 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 were kind of like there's three players and probably four. We left Desclafani off of off of the roster here, but we had three players. We said Brennan Crawford. And I mentioned he hit the he had the two clutch hits in, in games two and three to help them beat the Rockies. We had Cueto who threw that game one uh, and was masterful, and then we had Mac Cheese who is uh, just kind of like under the radar lights out closing games for the Giants. And I, I want to keep him under the radar because once we start to have expectations, then that, that may be the time where he, he gives up a couple. But uh, so, so we put that on Twitter. We said, Hey, let's ask Twitter who, uh, you know, who they will vote for. And they voted for Brandon Crawford to win the week two MVP. Yeah. And Crawford had a fantastic week. He, I mean, when you look at his batting average, you don't say fantastic, right? Yeah. He hit yeah. 222. I mean, so, I mean, he, it's he not got big hits. He didn't get a lot of hits. He got the big ones. Yeah, exactly. So, so he hit 222 on the week, but his hits counted and he ended up having two home runs, six RBI. I'm starting to get into like this, the, uh, saber metric stuff. So I've been looking at this WOBA. I just love saying it too. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'll turn around to my wife. I'm assuming you're talking about weighted on base average. That's right. I'll turn around to my wife and I'll go, hey, Woba. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. So, but his Woba this week was 384. So the, the league average is about 330. So what that is, is it's what the, the hitter has control of and what the rest of the league is doing. So you're multiplying different things like uh, non-intentional base on balls, hit by pitch, uh, ways to get on base, singles, doubles, triples, home runs. Uh, and then you're also factoring in like sacrifice flies. So you're multiplying all those things and then dividing them by a bunch of other things. So look it up. It's really interesting. I'm not going to go into it right now because I'm, I'm not that 
clear 100% on what it does. <laughs> but the bottom line is it tells you how are you as a run producer? What are you doing for your team to produce runs? And so 384 is way above league average. So this week, that was his 384 Woba. And he had two runs or two home runs, six RBIs and scored two runs. Um, so even though he only hit 222, his Woba was 384, which is fantastic. So he ended up winning, winning the vote over Cueto. Uh, he had 46.2% of the votes. Cueto came in second with 346 and Matt Cheese, Jake McGee, with 19.2%. I'm, I'm happy with the 19.2. He's still under the radar. Let's keep him under the radar. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. once he becomes a, a bigger-than-life star, then he's going to be uh, pulling the unbuttoning his jersey down to his navel. Mm, nah. He's too, you know what? He's too wacky to do that. <laughs> he's too, I mean, so not he's like fidgety. a... He's He's a lefty. Oh, he probably wears his yeah, hat crooked. I, I absolutely love it. He comes in there and he looks like he's just not, I, I'm not comfortable. I just, I, I want to get these guys out and I want to get the hell out of here and go sit on my chair. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is he's doing out there, but I love it. All right. So let's look ahead to uh, this upcoming uh, week. Giants play the Reds and the Marlins, like we said. One question I have for you. Mm-hmm. We'd been talking up Logan Webb. Yep. Are you worried about Logan Webb yet, or do we still need to see more from him? Because we we really you know, we talked about the spring training. He, you know, spring training can mean whatever you want it to mean, but his spring training was so lights out that we did kind of take note of it. But after two starts. What what do you think? Are are you worried? Are you patient still? Because you know they they are they did still win that second game that that he didn't throw terrifically well. But uh, what what's the what's the patience level with him? I'm not worried, um, only because first two starts of the season, second one looked a little bit better. He doesn't get the Reds. He will get the. Um, uh, Miami Marlins down in uh, Florida, Florida. So he'll he'll head down there and get those guys. I think that's a little bit easier task for him than having to face Cincinnati. Um, just because he's still having a little bit of those control issues right now. But I, 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 I mean, we have the utmost confidence in this Giants pitching uh coaching staff. So I think they're going to kind of fix things, get things turned around for him, um, help him work on that, uh, that changeup that is staying up. And I think that's his biggest problem right now. His changeup is, uh, is kind of unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And in the spring, it was just nasty. I mean, that was his out pitch. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about him. I, you know, I'll panic after like three or four starts at that point. I'll start to say, but then again, like we talked about, we have Alex Wood. So if they need to send Webb down or put him in the bullpen or do whatever they need to do with him, um, the Giants have more more starters to kind of lean on. So that's why I'm not too worried about him at this point. He's still young. He's still got some learning to do. Um, he's still got some game situations to get into and get out of and build that confidence. So now nah, I'm not terribly worried. Right. Second question. This is this is like an are you worried segment? Yeah, I like it. The Giants are the third worst hitting team in the National League, and we're only going by batting average. When it, when you 
use the drop down for OPS, which is the combined on base and, and slugging, they move up slightly. They, 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 because they've hit the solo home runs, they've got guys like Listella and Belt and, you know, who are taking walks. They do move up slightly, but the offense uh, is not the reason that they're winning baseball games right now. Are you worried about the offense? I'm not worried because I know Listella can hit. He's not a 231 hitter. I know Will, Wilmer Flores is not a 150 hitter. He, he now he still has more walks than he does strikeouts. It's making contact. I know Brandon Belt's not a 167 hitter. I know Yaz is hurting. Belt strike out is... like seven times in a row or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a little rough. I mean, but the guy, he had Mondo yeah, exactly. for crying out loud, right? Exactly. I mean, you got to give him a break. Give him exactly, a break. He, exactly. You know, he's still kind of, this is his spring training. No, look, look, he's, he didn't he's get still those. my yeah. guy. He's 100% my guy, but he does things where I go, Man, that's kind of hard to do. Strike out seven yeah. times in a row. <laughs> well, 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 that, and then you got to look at Yaz. Yaz's hand is hurting. The guy has struck out 14 yeah, times I, in 32 at-bats. I think at he's bats. getting a seat tonight, too. Well, uh, tonight, I, I, you, everyone's yeah. listening to this probably after the game's over. But, yeah, he, he's not playing uh, in, in game one against the Reds. No, and, he, and he's not a 125 hitter. He needs to get that hand healthy. Uh, Austin Slater, 154. That one... I don't know. Could he be a 154 hitter? Nah, it's probably more like a 220, 230 yeah, hitter. Yeah, minimum. Yeah, he's he's just not he's not your guy. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot more of Slater at this point uh, going forward. Uh, Dickerson's only hitting 200. He's not a 200 hitter. Uh, B Cross hitting 172, but he's clutch. He's clutching up when he has to. Uh, so no, I mean, guys still have to get going. And so I'm not worried about this offense. So that's two not worried. And Mauricio Dubon is a 125 hitter. No, he's not. He's probably like a 250, 260 hitter. So. All right. Well, we'll probably have some more. Are you worried uh, during the season? But let's look ahead to uh, to this series. But I wanted to point out one thing, which the ERA, the team ERA is second to the Padres in all of baseball. How much of this do you think is because Buster Posey is behind the plate? Yeah, you brought that up today, and I, I like that. Um, that That's one of those things that kind of just escaped me during these uh, first couple of weeks of the season. But yeah, he's got uh, he's got a lot to do with it. I mean, he commands the, the pitching staff. He knows when to go out and have a little word with them. Um, he knows when signs start to get a little mixed up. Don't write it out. Go on out there, get get it fixed. Um you know, he's, he's an all-star catcher. He's a three-time World Series uh, winning catcher. Uh, he's rookie of the year. The guy has a lot of time behind home plate. And uh, pitchers like that. So pitchers like throwing to Buster Posey, and, and they have the confidence in him. It's hard when you've got a guy like Joey Bart back there like you had last year for, for quite a few of the games. And uh, Chadwick Tromp. Uh, Guys with just not a lot of experience. So, you know, things were a little bit different. So, yeah, I think he's got he's got a lot to do with it. And uh, it's fantastic to see him back there again. I want him to get his war up. <laughs> I want his war to keep rising because I, I don't want any questions about the Hall yes. of Fame when this is all yes. over and done uh, with. We, we, we talked about that a lot. Uh, we, we actually did a whole, you know, is Buster Posey a Hall of Fame 
a Hall of Famer segment in the offseason. Uh, okay, so uh, I, I love that. Buster is, you know, Buster is really part, uh, God, you know, I hate to say he's the heart and soul of the Giants because, you know, we talked about Crawford and Belt or who are still there. Those guys are, are very much part of it, too. But Buster's just just that much more special. One thing I think is a little bit underrated, and this is not a shot at your boy, Chadwick Trump, but Kurt Casale possibly catching De Sclafani. That could be an interesting thing because I was reading Andrew Baggerly. He had mentioned that they know each other, um, and there was a situation yesterday where Casale or uh, De Sclafani dumped a knuckle curve in the dirt and then Casale was like, nope, we're throwing it again. And he threw it again and got the out. So, like, there's something there. I mean, maybe De Sclafani and, and Casale are, are the battery, and that's when Buster gets his rest because there, there's some familiarity there. And I, I liked that. Uh, so that, that could be a little bit of an underrated move. You know, as much as we like Trump, because Trump is a fun player, to watch and easy to root for. But, you know, Casale with De Sclafani, I think that could be something fun that we could, uh, we could watch for, for a lot of the season. Yeah. You've got to build that battery rapport and those guys have it. And Buster and Cueto have it. Cueto loves Buster. I mean, okay. Do, how much does he point, love Buster versus how much he really hates pitching to Joey Bart? <laughs> Polar opposites. <laughs> the needle goes the exact opposite in both directions on that one. Um, and, and that's a tough one. I mean, because if Buster's, you know, if Buster can, you know, re-sign a new deal next year, because uh, they're not going to pick up that option for $22 yeah. million, right? So if he can work out a new deal and be there next year, maybe Cueto comes back on a one-year mm. deal. But if Buster's gone and Joey Bart's up, <laughs> you know, Cueto <laughs> might be like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to take off and go somewhere else. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we, we love Johnny Cueto for more than one reason, and he oh, retweeted so you the other day yeah that was dope i enjoyed that i was like i texted everybody i knew i took a screenshot of it i texted my wife she goes oh cool <laughs> i don't think she knows who johnny she's, Clay she's is. like is but, does that have to do with the woba <laughs> is that a is that the woba guy <laughs> No, it's not the Woba guy. But, but uh, yeah, that was so fun. I mean, Johnny Cueto, we did the Dia de Cueto hashtag, and then he retweeted it, and, you know, as something in Spanish. And uh, I was like, this is cool, man, Johnny Cueto, riding horses with no shirt Well, on. I will say you've been you know? killing it on Twitter, the Thompson to Clark uh, Twitter uh, account. Definitely check it out. If, you, if you're on Twitter and you're listening to this show, you should definitely follow it. Brad is tweeting mostly. I, I'll throw in a couple things in oh, there. You, you, yeah, you get in there because uh, this weekend I was traveling. I couldn't do any of but, it. But really, Brad is is uh, doing a great job, having a lot of fun. People are digging it because I see the replies too. I'm like, ah, I see. You know, People are interacting, so it's actually really cool to see. Um, definitely check it out. Thompson and Clark on Twitter. Okay, let's quickly get to, the, to, to these games. Game one is already going to be over by the time most people listen to this. So the Reds are coming into town. They're hot. They're six and three. They have the second best run differential in the National League, only to those <sighs> Dodgers. Mm -hmm. uh, Reds are plus 20. Dodgers are plus 23. 
so, you know, you look at it and it's like, okay, the Giants are really excellent with the with the overall pitching. The Reds are really excellent with the offense. At some point, it's the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. What do you think about this series? This is a, and again, we said it last time, we're going to say this, I don't know how many times this season, this is going to be a big test for the Giants. Just put that on repeat. You can put it at the beginning of every podcast that we do, because there's always going to be a big series. I think when they're done with the Miami series at the end of this week, they're going to go to Philly. I mean, that's a big one because Philly's playing good ball. Um, Kapler's old stomping ground. So it it should be interesting. Uh, But yeah, this is a huge series. So in the game, one you've got the number fives going against each, each other so everything kind of lines up game two you got the ones you've got Castillo Luis Castillo who had a horrible first outing but was lights out in his second outing and he's he could be one of the best pitchers in the National League when yes. he's on uh, and he's going against Gossman and then game three Cueto against his old team the Reds against uh, was it Trevor Mail uh, who, who's also a very good pitcher and uh, kind of coming into his own so this is going to be a really Really tough series. The Giants' bats need to come yes. alive in Game One. They can't wait until Game Two or Game Three. Game One, they're going against their number five guy. So, so, so tonight, when you're listening to this uh, later on Monday night, if those bats aren't going by then, it's going to be a nail biting series all the way to the end. Could easily be. I don't think it's going to be a sweep either way, but it could be two one, two one, one way or the other. Uh, the Reds, uh, former prospect, I guess you still call him prospect, Jonathan India's in 379. I like his flow. He's got the, uh, he's got the Brandon Crawford flow. <laughs> Nick uh, Castellanos, he's hitting 324, but he's got four jacks. You have Tyler uh, Naquin, he's got five jacks and 14 RBI. He's leading the league along with... Uh, uh, I it just escaped. Who's you're talking about home runs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's leading the league in home runs right now. So, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come and and bash. But look, that you know they play in the Great American Ballpark, which is a little bit of a bandbox. So you come to Oracle changes the game a little bit, and uh, we'll so we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then you already mentioned uh, the Marlins. So the Marlins are struggling a little bit. Uh, I think they are two and six, which, you know, a little bit different from what they were last year. But look, you know, they got to play the Braves and the Braves are going to be one of the best teams in baseball. So uh, early in the season, you know, you lose a a couple games there. Uh, What was that series here? So they lost. uh, No, they haven't played. Wait, how come I thought they played the Braves? Oh, they're playing the Braves today. Sorry. They're 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 playing the Braves. today. Here's the other thing. They've only hit three home runs this entire season and they've only scored 24 runs this entire season so far. I mean, they're, they're one of the worst offensive teams. The giants on the other hand have only scored seven more runs, but they've hit 14 home runs versus Miami's three. So that's the whole thing. If the giants can get on base and they did against the Rockies, they, they, I mean, the Rockies are are, are an awful pitching Mm -hmm. staff lead the league in walks and the giants walked 14 times against them in three games, but still only scored three runs, four runs, four runs. And it's because they just aren't hitting the two, three run home runs. They're just not. Yeah, doing so, it. so I actually got that wrong. So the Marlins, 
They lost two out of three to the Rays. I don't know what the expectation is for the Rays, but they obviously were in the World Series last year. And then they got swept by the Cardinals. And they they split with the Mets, and, and yesterday's game was uh, suspended and will be completed on August 31st. Jeez. <laughs> that was a yeah. washout. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so, you know, the, the, the Giants could be catching them because they got a four-gamer with the Braves here. And, and the Braves, I think a lot of people expect them to be one of the top teams again. So, you know, the Giants could catch them at a nice spot if they do lose, a, lose uh, you know, the series to the Braves. And maybe they can uh, maybe they can take advantage of that. But uh, interesting series, like you said, the Reds are going to bring the bats and we'll see how the Giants go there. And then, you know, I think this is uh, this series against the Marlins. It's sort of like the uh, like the Rockies in that you kind of expect them to win two out of three, but we'll see what happens there. So they're going to the East Coast, like you said, so it makes it a little bit different. But yeah, you know, right now at this point, we can be optimistic about this baseball team, which I kind of like. This time next week, when we do the show again, it could be completely different. So I'm just really, <laughs> I'm just really gonna choose to be optimistic because you know you never know. And let's let's just go with it right now. Well, uh, Zadie is really kind of building things, as we saw last season. This was a 500 club. So we know Giants are you know, started out this season six and three. And last year was like, oh, yeah, we went six and three. But you know what? We're about to go three and six because that's the team they were last year. And the rules were a little bit different and COVID and missing. And you played against the same teams for the 60 games. You didn't go to the East Coast. You didn't do that type of stuff. So now they're playing real baseball again. Um, so now, now we get to see what the Giants have. And so far, we're very impressed with the pitching staff, very impressed with um, Kapler's uh, bullpen moves. I am at least uh, very impressed with the roster from top to bottom, the things that they could do. Some guys just have to get off the schneid. One of my, one of everybody's favorite <laughs> sayings, get off the, mm -hmm. the schneid and start hitting the ball and finding some gaps because you're not going to win on solo home runs. It's just not going to happen every week and every game. Um, you're going to have to put, you're going to have to walk and then get a base hit, and then get a double and drive in two runs. I mean, you're, you're going to have to do things differently to score five, six, seven runs. Giants did that the first couple games of the season, and after that, they've just been silent with the bats. But luckily, the pitching staff has been carrying them. So, yeah, th this, this could be a 500 club. This also could be a very, very good club if they can get things going. Hunter Pence still is holding that the Giants are going to be the second wild card in the National League. They have that. They actually have that spot right now. If you look at this, <laughs> nine games in. Uh, one, one more thing. We're going to get to the last subject, which is something that Brad wanted to bring up. Uh, if you have a subscription to The Athletic, last week, I think it was on Thursday, Jason Stark did an interview on his podcast, um, Starkville. J Doug Glanville is on it. D Doug Glanville. I'm still trying to figure out what he actually brings to the table on the podcast, but um, uh -oh. <laughs> but uh, I hope people oh, don't no, say no, no, that no. about me. I, you, you, I'm setting you up so that you can hit home runs. That's the whole. That's the whole goal. Uh, that's, that's the goal that's of this show is for me yeah. to set you up so that you can hit like Mark McGuire like home runs. 
Oh, um, I appreciate that. I took all my <laughs> PEDs right before this this show. Uh, so, so he interviews Jason Stark. Interviews Kruk and Kipe. It's awesome. He's got them for like I don't know thirty to thirty minutes probably. So check it out if you got a subscription to the Athletic. Actually, you know what? You don't even have to have a subscription. You can just subscribe to the Athletics uh, Daily Baseball Podcast. They do five shows a week. Uh, it, it'll it'll have ads in it because you if you just use your RSS feed and your podcast reader, it is so awesome. Crook and Kipe just telling stories. I mean, you know, that's all they're talking about their friendship, talking about when Kruko first started broadcasting, and you know that they how they were telling uh, how they were doing play by play on the bench in Frank Robinson's dugout. <laughs> because it was just, you know, the, the, the long season, but definitely go out of your way to listen. I was so happy listening to this while I'm doing the dishes, <laughs> kind of probably staying up too late just so I could finish them. But anyway, listen to that. Okay. Now, last thing you wanted to mention, or you wanted to talk about this, uh, major league, uh, draft league that they're doing, which is people who are sort of uh, done with their college season and waiting to be drafted into in Major League Baseball's amateur draft. Yeah, so this this is really cool. I I didn't know about this, and all of a sudden this popped up kind of in one of my uh, I don't even remember where I saw it today. Email, Twitter, whatever, wherever it was. But um, so there's an MLB draft league. Uh, they didn't say who's going to be playing in this league, uh, but it's run by Major League Baseball. It's 68 games long. Starts May 24th, runs through August 13th. They're going to take a break right in the middle, July 9th through the 14th, and then the actual draft is July 11th uh, through the 13th. So right in the middle of that little break that they're taking, then they reconvene on July 15th and go to August 13th. Uh, they don't say if there's going to be any kind of postseason or anything like that. But you and I were kicking around the idea. This is probably going to be these aren't going to be your top prospects. These aren't going to be the guys who are going in the first like three, four, five rounds. Those guys don't want to get hurt. They want to finish their college career and say, yes, OK, we're good. We're, we know where we're going in the draft. We know around which round. These are going to be your super late round guys, probably uh, your fringe guys who may not get drafted. Um, again, I don't know how they're picking them, if they're going to be invited, if they're going to have to apply or how it's going to work. Uh, but there's five teams. Um uh, Or did I count wrong? I've got six managers here. So, yeah. So it's going to be Coco Crisp. Uh, these are the managers, Coco Crisp, Jed Jerko, who's 32 years old. The guy just, I thought wow. he just played last year. Um, Jeff Manto, yes. you remember that guy? Um, Derek May, Delwyn Young, and Billy Horton, who has actually a Giants coach uh, in the in a minor league system from 2012 to 2019. So that that's really kind of intriguing. I'm kind of excited to to see this and, and track that. I really hope that the games end up on MLB Network somewhere. Um, they already have so many MLB games on MLB network. So May 24th to August 13th is like prime time major league baseball. So maybe they'll replay them like in the morning or something like that, or you can watch them. Oh, I wonder if they're going to end up on MLB.tv. That would be pretty cool. Cause you and I yes. both have subs for that. So 
So yeah, that, that's a really cool, uh, cool league. So if you're a draft head, I'm not necessarily a draft head, but I do like to watch the young guys uh, actually grab a wood bat and see what they can do. I like to see the young pitchers because you know this is they're going to be facing minor league talent. All these guys are going to get drafted yes. somewhere most likely. So it's it's not like you know oh this guy was in college and he had a a 0.12 ERA. Well, who was his competition? It was, you know, Northwest basket weaving state. I mean, you know, the competition is is so weak. Who knows what these guys can actually do? So this will kind of show you what they're all about. You know what it would be great for? Like, you know, there are back in the day, I used to watch college baseball because ESPN would run it and you'd get to see guys who were going to, you know, be drafted very high. I, re- I mean, I can remember watching like Will Clark and Rafael Palmero and BJ Surhoff and these guys playing the College World Series. This is like a great extension for college baseball fans who really enjoy watching these guys. I, I, I can see, you know, it's, it's sort of niche, but I can see people, uh, you know, following some of these guys to see because that's immediately what you said is you see these guys hit with an aluminum bat. And then you want to see them hit against better competition with a wood bat. And that separates sort of the, you know, the men from the boys uh, to to use a, a phrase. So, yeah, I think it'll be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And and if you like minor league baseball, that's the problem, too. Like, I live in Reno. So minor league baseball, we actually get the Reno Aces on TV. But but if you live in areas, I mean, you don't get the San Jose Giants on TV down there. I wouldn't imagine um, but maybe like the Sacramento River Cats, if you live in Sacramento. But if you don't get a lot of minor league baseball on TV, I'm, I'm really hoping that they put some of these games on TV just so you can kind of get that feel for minor league baseball and like low level a baseball just to kind of, you know, just, just watch more baseball. That's what it is. I mean, we love baseball as it is. We want to watch more baseball. So if they're going to replay these games at, you know, six o'clock in the morning when most of us are getting up and getting ready for work. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. So uh, that'll do for here. Uh, We will be back next week. Same time. uh, Same podcast network, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Whatever network. Whatever. However you subscribe to us. Again, check out Brad. Brad's been doing a lot of great stuff on Twitter. We also have the Facebook group. If you search Thompson, the number two and Clark, we got the Facebook group, got Twitter. We still got Instagram. uh, And yeah, we're going to keep pumping out uh, these episodes thank you to uh, blue wire hustle we are a part of blue wire hustle and they host our shows for us so for brad i'm double g we'll see you when we see you peace out peace everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.